This episode is sponsored by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. So, I mean, doesn't get any cheaper than that. Second, there are creation tools that will allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm editing this podcast from a Chromebook using the web, so it's pretty easy to do. Um, If I can do it, you can certainly do it. Third, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and so many more services. So you don't have to go to each individual podcast service and distribute it yourself. It automatically does that for you. So that's pretty awesome. Fourth, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So, I mean, it's a pretty good way to make some money. Um, And then last but not least, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app for iOS or Android or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started or download the app for iOS or Android today. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cells and Circuits podcast. I am your host, Chibeze Anakor, and on this episode, we'll be talking about Sega's Game Gear Micro. Then after that, we'll get into the state of Toonami in 2020. And then after that, we'll get into HBO Max's launch week. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. So first up, we're going to talk about Sega's new Game Gear Micro. So Sega just announced a reboot of an old console, which is a trend that was popularized by Nintendo a few years back when they had started with the NES Classic or the Nintendo Entertainment System Classic and then followed up with that with the SNES Classic, and Sony tried but failed to copy them when they released the PlayStation Classic. Yeah, and that did not do very well, and it was actually being sold for as much as 80% off, so it went from $100 down to like 20 It just wasn't that great. But then Sega came out with the Sega Genesis Mini, and that did pretty decently. I have one myself, and I was playing things like Mortal Kombat, Sonic. Um, I'm a huge Sonic fan, by the way. And it was just like playing my original Sega Genesis, because one thing that you guys may not know about me is that one of the first consoles I owned was a Sega Genesis. And Sonic the Hedgehog was one of the first games I played 
So, yeah, I'm still stuck with Sega and Sonic to this day. So, anyway, back to the Game Gear Micro. So, the Game Gear Micro is a reboot of the Sega Game Gear, which came out in October of 1990. So, I guess Sega decided to remake it, but in a mini fashion. So I'm going to go over some of the features that it has. It has a 1.15 inch display, which is super tiny for displays. Just compare them to phones. Phones have upwards of six inches of display diagonal. So 1.15 inches is pretty tiny. So you have the small display, but then you also have a mono speaker and then you have a headphone jack, which is nice to see because less electronics are having it these days. And then it charges over USB, presumably micro USB, let's be honest here, but it could also run on two AAA batteries. And so for the release for this, Sega is releasing four versions of this Game Gear Micro, and each of the versions of the Game Gear Micro is going to have four games on it. So I'll read off what games each version includes. Alright, so there's going to be a black model that comes with Sonic the Hedgehog, Puyo Puyo 2, Outrun, and Royal Stone. And then the blue variant is going to come with Sonic Chaos, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. And then the yellow version is going to have Shining Force Gaiden Ensei, Jashin no Kunihe, Shining Force, the Sword of Hajia, Shining Force Gaiden, Final Conflict, and Nazo Puyo Aruru no Ru. God, I hope I pronounced those names right. <laughs> and then, last but not least, the red version is going to come with Revelations, The Demon Slayer, not to be confused with Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba. And then Megami Tensei Gaiden, Last Bible Special, The Gigi Shinobi, and Columns. So the way Sega is going to be releasing this, at least in Japan, is you can buy each version of the console individually. Or you can get a bundle with all four versions of the console, which will come with a magnifying glass attachment to it. And so each of the consoles costs $50, but if you get the bundle, it's $250 or, well, I guess the Japanese yen equivalent of that. But yeah, I think it looks pretty nice. You know, I wish the screen was bigger. And I also wish it was just one console with 16 games on it. Rather than four consoles with four games on each of them. But I guess it also kind of makes you choose which ones you want. So you don't get the ones that you don't want. So there's pros and cons to it. But yeah, there's no Western release 
announced yet as of the time of this recording, but let me know what you think of the Sega Game Gear Micro. I will have a link to the Verge's article on it in the show notes. And yeah, that is going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be talking about the state of Toonami in 2020, and then after that, we'll get into HBO Max's launch week. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a moment. Welcome back, and now we can talk about the state of Toonami in 2020. So... I'm going to just give a very brief overview of Toonami, and specifically I'm going to be talking about the Adult Swim version, because that's the one that's airing now. If you want more info on the Cartoon Network version, I'm just going to refer you to the previous episode where I did a topic on why people conflate Toonami and Adult Swim action. So... Toonami, at least the Adult Swim version, was started on May 26, 2012, after a near two-month campaign to bring back Toonami, which started after April 1, 2012, when Adult Swim had aired Toonami as an April Fool's prank. And so, because people loved the shows that aired on Toonami and wanted to see it come back after its 2008 demise on Cartoon Network, people just started trending the Bring Back Toonami hashtag, including me, and that was what brought me to Twitter, actually. And so, it was successful, obviously, and Adult Swim brought it back on May 26, 2012, and has been airing Toonami every Saturday ever since then. So, now we can get into a review of the past year of Toonami. So past year of Toonami, I would say it's been pretty good. They added quite a lot of shows within the past year, and there was also a total immersion event. So yeah, I'm going to go over the good stuff that Toonami did within the past year and the bad stuff that they did. So let's start with the good stuff. So of course, they added shows to the Toonami lineup, and those shows include Loop on the Third Part 5, Food Wars Seasons 1 and 2, Mobile Suit Gundam The Origin, Fire Force, Genlock, Dr. Stone, Demon Slayer Kimetsu no Yaiba, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Golden Wind. So those were all in 2019. And then we start off 2020 with Sword Art Online, Alicization, War of Underworld, and then we also have Paranoia Agent. And so for 2020, there were only two shows added, and there probably would have been more, but because of the budget cuts that Toonami has had since the COVID-19 pandemic started, They haven't really been able to get some new shows, but 
I still think that the block is pretty interesting. I mean, they brought back Mob Psycho 100 season one, and hopefully after that season ends, they'll get right into season two, because season two is one of the programs that's been most requested on Toonami, which is understandable. And so I also hope that they air Mob Psycho 100 season two as well. Another good thing that Toonami did in the past year was they had a total immersion event. And for those of you who don't know what a total immersion event is, it's basically where Toonami has kind of a mini series where they focus on the two hosts, Tom and Sarah, and they have to fight off against some evil that's coming their way. And so it's kind of like the mythos of Toonami and what that entails. And so because of the Forge Total Immersion event, we got Tom 6, which was an upgrade from Tom 5, who we had for six and a half years. Yeah. April 2013 to December 2019. Yeah. Six and a half years. So, rest in peace, Tom 5. Had a good run. That's a damn good run. But I dig Tom 6's look, but let me know what you think of it. But yeah, overall, I think this past year has been pretty good for Tudami. But, you know, I, I do think that there is some bad stuff that they did as well. And all of it is stuff that they didn't really do not stuff that they just did. So one of the things they didn't do last year was they didn't do anything for Batman's 80th anniversary. So back in 2015, I believe, or 2014, they did something for Batman's 75th anniversary, but they didn't do anything for the 80th anniversary. Which is weird because last year, AT&T reorganized Warner Media, which owns Adult Swim. And before AT&T did that, Adult Swim was under Turner Broadcasting. But since AT&T basically dismantled Turner Broadcasting, Adult Swim, along with Cartoon Network, Boomerang, and TCM, got placed under Warner Brothers which owns DC and therefore owns Batman. And so I I felt that that was a pretty big omission for Toonami, especially because Toonami has shown a lot of Batman material in the past. We're talking, even in the Cartoon Network days, we're talking Batman the Animated Series, we're talking Batman Beyond, And then with Adult Swim's Toonami, we're talking Beware the Batman. So, I mean, Batman has been on Toonami. It is no stranger to Toonami. And so I felt that it was kind of weird that Adult Swim didn't participate in Warner Brothers' 80th Batman anniversary celebration. I felt that that was... A huge missed opportunity for Toonami and Adult Swim in general. And then that brings me to my next point, is that they haven't really 
utilized their Warner Media connections. And of course, the Batman thing is an example of that. But you also have the fact that since Toonami is short on a budget for the COVID-19 pandemic, now would be a really good time for Toonami to flex those Warner Media connections. And so I think that they could have gotten some of the DC animated movies because there's a lot of content there. Or they could have gotten to show something like an HD remaster of Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond, which both of those exist because they're on Blu-ray. And then they could have also shown Spawn from HBO, which is another sister company of Adult Swim. I mean, granted, they probably would have had to censor it, but there's that. And then also the Crunchyroll originals, which I find it kind of weird that Toonami hasn't aired any of those yet. There are two that are out right now. One is Inspector, and then the other one is Tower of God. And so I think both of those would be pretty good additions to Toonami, but I feel like now would be a really good time for Adult Swim and Toonami to flex those Warner Media connections because since Toonami is hurting for content, that would probably benefit them and benefit us too as fans because we can get to see more content. And so, yeah. And now I'm gonna try and discuss where I think Toonami's going. And so, Toonami, I think it's going, or I think it's still going to be around. Jason DeMarco, the guy who runs Toonami, he basically said that they have plans all the way through 2023. So I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. But they do have some stuff in the pipeline. They have Uzumaki, which is coming later this year. And according to DeMarco, hasn't been delayed by the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's a good sign. I think people are going to be really excited for that. And I think they also have the Blade Runner series. I don't know whether that's coming out later this year or early next year. A release date hasn't been announced for it, or at least a concrete release date hasn't been announced for it yet. So I don't know, but I do think that Toonami is going to have a bit more reruns in the near future just simply because of the budget cuts due to the coronavirus pandemic. So I do think that they could just use this as an opportunity to flex those Warner Media connections. I mean, they did it with Genlock and people liked that. And we got a kick-ass music video narrated by David Tennant last year because of that. And so that was awesome. So I hope that Toonami can just please, please utilize your Warner Media connections. I'm done repeating that phrase because I've probably said that way too much. But yeah, let me know what you think about what Toonami's done within the past year good and bad. Was there anything that I missed 
And where do you think Toonami's going? Let me know on social media. I'll have links in the show notes for you to do that. And yeah, that is going to do it for this topic. Up next, we'll be talking about HBO Max's launch week. The Cells and Circuits podcast will return in a moment. Welcome back. And now it's time to talk about HBO Max's launch week. So let me give a brief history of HBO Max. So HBO Max is a streaming service that was started by AT&T. It was their response to Netflix and Amazon Prime Video and Disney Plus. And it was their way of having all of the brands of Warner Media which they acquired in 2018 as Time Warner. It's their way of having all of those brands under one streaming service. And so there have been titles that have launched exclusively on HBO Max. There have been some originals and there have been a lot of Warner Media library content that's exclusive to HBO Max and there's some that we just haven't seen in a long time but they're finally on a streaming service and so now we can talk about the launch titles that they had so as far as launch titles go we'll start with the originals and my favorite original that they had was looney tunes cartoons i think it was great and pete browngart the creator of uncle grandpa he actually did a fantastic job with looney tunes cartoons and sure maybe daffy ducks character may be a little bit stupider than he normally is but other than that that's pretty much the only flaw that there is with the new looney tunes cartoons show on hbo max i mean it doesn't have that homogenized design that a lot of modern cartoons have and so i think it really does capture the original looney tunes spirit and so yeah well done pete browngart and warner brothers yeah i really knocked it out of the park and i hope to see more of looney tunes cartoons so yeah keep it up and that was really the only original that i had found interesting but there's been some content that i want to highlight that's exclusive to hbo max here in the U.S. And, of course, we're talking about Studio Ghibli. The Studio Ghibli library is streaming exclusively on HBO Max here in the U.S. And internationally, it's streaming on Netflix. So, we've been waiting so long to have the Studio Ghibli movies finally being able to stream them on a streaming service because this is the first time that 
Studio Ghibli films are on a streaming service. So it's very nice and it adds to the value proposition of HBO Max. And then they have some of the Cartoon Network shows. They have shows like Adventure Time, they have Clarence, they have Regular Show, they have Steven Universe. They have both versions of Powerpuff Girls, so the classic version and the 2016 version. And then they have, like, a lot of Ben 10 content on there. And it's they have a pretty decent selection of Cartoon Network content, and I hope they add more as time goes on. And then as far as Adult Swim content, there's not a whole lot. They have, like... The Boondocks, they have Samurai Jack, Primal, Robot Chicken, and so they have like some of the highlights there, and I think that Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, those are two big powerhouse brands within Warner Media, but they also have... They also have like the classic Looney Tunes shows on there. So they have the older Looney Tunes cartoons, but they also have the newer Looney Tunes shows like or the Looney Tunes show that aired a few years ago. And they have many other Looney Tunes shows on there. Oh, Crunchyroll. As far as Crunchyroll goes, they have... They have Inspector, so that's a Crunchyroll original. They also have Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, which I didn't expect, simply because it just took so long for that show to get out of Amazon jail that I didn't think we would get it on any other streaming service, but we got it on Crunchyroll back in November of last year, and... So it's great to see it on HBO Max. I will definitely watch it, especially since the English dub is finally available for streaming. Well, it's been available for streaming since November on Crunchyroll, but whatever. Um, I'm still going to watch it on HBO Max. They have acquired shows like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. They have Roroni Kenshin. They have 91 Days. They have some pretty good shows on there. I think they could increase that library, especially with a lot of the co-productions that Crunchyroll has done. You know, I would like to think that Warner Media has at least some ownership of those shows, so I would like to see some more of Crunchyroll's content be on HBO Max, and I think it'll come in due time. I do... Also hope that the Crunchyroll originals that they announced back in February will also make their way to HBO Max, but I don't know. We'll see. And then as far as DC content goes, they have uh, Teen Titans. They have some of the DC animated movies like Wonder Woman. They have Batman The Dark Knight Returns Parts 1 and 2. They have Teen Titans The Judas Contract. And they have a few others as well. And so I think I think there's a pretty good amount of content. And then plus you have like all of HBO's content. The films, the shows... HBO Max is quite a value proposition. 
However, one thing that I really wish was on HBO Max was 4K. I think that 4K is a needed feature, especially now that 4K TVs are becoming more and more common. I think HBO Max is missing out by not having 4K HDR available for streaming. I mean, even Disney Plus has 4K HDR and it's half the price. So HBO Max, please get 4K. I would really like that. And I'm sure I'm not the only one who would like that, but please 4K HDR for HBO Max. Please and thank you. And so I think that the titles that they have at launch are pretty good. It's a good starting point. And then we have some future titles coming up. And so I wanted to highlight the ones that I'm most interested in. And those are Adventure Time Distant Lands, which is going to be an HBO Max original. So it's not going to be on Cartoon Network, at least anytime soon. But it is coming to HBO Max on June 25th, so I'm really excited about that. I watched the Adventure Time finale, and I watched the premiere, and I've enjoyed Adventure Time sometimes, except for the times when Finn was being a little bit of a simp. But other than that, I enjoyed what I've seen of Adventure Time, so I'm excited about Distant Lands. And the special that's premiering on June 25th is going to be the first of four. So we have more coming up later on in the year and probably into 2021. And so there's that. And then there's Close Enough, which starts streaming July 9th on HBO Max. And this show has had a very long and difficult road to its release. It was first developed for TBS and it just got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And we got radio silence for years on this show. And so once Warner Media revealed that HBO Max was going to be released, they showed that Close Enough was going to be an HBO Max original. So moved from TBS to HBO Max. And so now we're actually seeing a release date. And so I'm very hyped. It's from the creator of Regular Show, which Regular Show was a show that I liked on Cartoon Network. So I'm pretty excited about this show. And Close Enough is going to be an adult animated series. So it's probably going to have some language in there and some more explicit material that they can't show on Cartoon Network, but would probably fit on Adult Swim or something like that. So I'm pretty excited about it. It's still being produced by Cartoon Network Studios. And yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then later on this year, hopefully, because we still don't have a release date for this show yet, but that's, and that is Genlock Season 2. And so Genlock Season 2 is, of course, the second season of Genlock, which was created by Rooster Teeth. And the first season, it was on Rooster Teeth's streaming service, and then it later got on to Toonami 
in an edited format for time and a little bit of content too, but mostly for time. And so um, hearing that Genlock season two was going to be an HBO Max original and it was going to have a 90 day exclusivity window on HBO Max. Fans who were watching it on Rooster Teeth, they didn't really like that, which is understandable. And it kind of raises the question of, does it even make sense to have a separate Rooster Teeth streaming service when they could just put all of their content on HBO Max? And so, yeah, but I'm still pretty excited about Genlock Season 2. I hope we get an actual release date pretty soon. And yeah, I think that's that's it so far on the upcoming titles that HBO Max has. And so now we can get into what Adult Swim did to commemorate the launch of HBO Max. So for those who don't know, and I think I posted this on the Cells and Circuits social media, which can be found in the show notes, but Adult Swim this past Friday at the time of this recording had aired two episodes of the boondocks that had never been seen before on television and those two episodes are the hunger strike and the uncle ruckus reality show and both of those episodes go after bet like very aggressively and so both of those episodes are pretty funny i would recommend watching them of course not with kids around but I would recommend watching those episodes. I mean, it can get pretty violent. Like, it's pretty fucking violent. But also, it's really aggressive in its message that BET is evil. And I'm going to explain my theory on why these episodes aired. And so, of course, I think it was to promote HBO Max because... These two episodes are available in their uncensored glory on HBO Max. But also, I think that they aired those episodes because BET, which is owned by Viacom CBS, it's too small to go after AT&T, a giant company like that. And so I think it was Adult Swim's way of saying, yeah, try and come after AT&T and see what happens. We're going to air these episodes anyway. Fuck you. What are you going to do about it? And so that's my theory on why they aired those two Boondocks episodes, because in the past, I believe BET was going to sue Cartoon Network because of those episodes being very aggressive in the message that BET is evil. And so, yeah, what do you think of HBO Max? What do you think of Adult Swim's celebration of HBO Max with a boondocks marathon with the two episodes that hadn't been seen before? What do you think of those two episodes? Let me know on social media. I will have links in the show notes for you to do that. And yeah, that will do it for this topic. Sandra Bland, Terrence Crutcher, Trayvon Martin, Philando Castile, 
Mike Brown, Alton Sterling, Ahmad Arbery, Walter Scott, Brianna Taylor, Eric Harris, George Floyd, Tony Robinson, Keith Childress, Romaine Brisbane, Betty Jones, Tamir Rice, Kevin Matthews, Laquan McDonald, Michael Noel, Michael Brown Jr., Roy Nelson, Eric Garner. These are just some of the names of people who have been murdered by police and have gotten either a slap on the wrist or have gotten away with committing such a heinous crime scot-free. If you are an American, or even if you're not an American, you should be outraged by this, as I am. This cannot continue to happen, and it speaks to a very long history of racism and police brutality here in the United States of America, and also in other countries as well. Police brutality is not a U.S. exclusive problem. It's happening around the globe. So, how can you help stop this? Well, you can go and protest, but be very peaceful about it, of course. And if you don't want to go to the protests, that's fine. You can also donate to many different charities that are helping with the cause. If you can't do that, you can also sign petitions to help the cause as well and share those petitions. And for all of these suggestions that I've made, you can do all of them and encourage your friends and family to do the same because Staying silent is staying complicit, and we cannot stay complicit any longer. This change needs to happen now. And so, I just want to leave you with this message. Black lives matter, always and forever. All lives cannot matter until black lives matter. Remember that. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And also, thank you for staying safe and staying at home and following the CDC and WHO guidelines. Also, if you have any questions or if you have any comments about the subjects that were talked about in this episode, let us know on our social media. We'll have links to that in the show notes. Thank you for listening once again. I am Chibeze Anakor, your host, signing off.